0: Oh, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, let's, we, the Bears are what we thought they were. What, what, they're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, Blair.
1: Oh, one more time. Oh, one more time. Oh, what up, Prez and A-Dub? It is time to Bear Down. Let's go!
0: Shout out to Rick. We appreciate you bearing down with us. Welcome to the Barry Central's. On this special bi-week episode, we break down the Bears' season of date and give out some mid-season awards. Hey dub what's the good word, bruh? Hey, everything
1: good over here, Press. Just finished working out, man, but all good.
0: We get done with this episode, man. I'm about to go ahead and hit that iron, too. I'm jealous, man. I got to get that work <laughs> Get that work in, baby. It's the best thing after a long work day. It's, it's a great stress reliever, man, so I can't wait to, to hit the gym, man. But let's, It's going to be a little while because we're going to record this. And I got to eat some dinner. It's a whole little process. <laughs> I'm
1: going to get in that gym tonight. That's what I'm talking about. Get in there.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, audience, as I mentioned, it's going to be our special bye week edition, so we're going to get right into it. As we discussed in our recap episode, I talked about the fact that this bye week came at the perfect time because now this allows the team to get healthy, allows Khalil Mack to get back in the mix, because we need 52 back, man. We need him back in there in a hurry. So get 52 back in the fold, but it breaks up this damn loser streak because hopefully, hopefully, A-Dub, when we play the Ravens, we can make something happen there in that ballgame. But nevertheless, we sit at 3-6, and and we got the toughest stretch of this schedule coming up. And that's the part that gives me a little bit of reason to be concerned. But you know what? We'll talk about that next week. But this episode here, we're going to focus on the season to date and kind of give you guys some of our thoughts and observations for the season so far. Because it's a lot for us to dissect and get into. And you also got to think about this. This second half of the season is going to be very important, not only for just the results of this season, but the future of the franchise. Because as we talk about so much on this show, A-Dub, Justin Fields, QB1. There is so much excitement for the team right now because of him. And it's weird because we're three and six. But you can't tell by looking on Twitter because everybody's so enamored by what Justin's been able to do, especially how he looked on Monday night, bro.
1: Yes, man. Like you and I talked about, Pres, he has shown a lot of improvement. We think he's going to continue to improve. So that's what you got to be very thankful and hopeful for moving forward. Now, and I will say this, there were a lot of highs and lows with his performance.
0: But the one thing that you could take out of the first nine weeks of this season He's a star in the making. I definitely feel like he's a star in the making in this NFL. Every rookie's going to have growing pains. We've already talked about that in the past on the show. The suspect offensive line, Matthew Nagy and his scheme. You know, the kid had a lot of things that were going against him in this situation. But these last two weeks have given me a lot of reason to be very, very excited about this kid and his future going forward. It's going to be very important for him to continue to build the team around him because you got this quarterback situation, as far as what I'm seeing right now, you got that shit figured out. So, these remaining eight weeks for me, we're gonna continue to watch Justin grow his game because I'm seeing a lot of reason for us to all be very excited right now. A yeah, man,
1: you're right about that, there's A lot of excitement, and as you mentioned before, the past couple of weeks gives you a lot of hope. We've seen this kid continue to improve. I mean, he's starting to become more of a leader, he started make making- plays down the field, and as you mentioned before, Perez, putting the right people around him and the right offensive scheme. Now, one thing, too,
0: when we talk about the people around him, the town around him, now there's been times that overall I've kind of taken shots at the roster construction that they have put in place, but I want to take a moment here on this episode to highlight the young talent that we do have on this ball club, because I think that's going to be one of the reasons why Ryan Pace's job is probably going to be spared after this season. I don't think that Ryan Pace's job is in in any sort of jeopardy because of some of the young talent that he's acquired over the last couple of years. A-Dub, I want to get your kind of thoughts on a a young player on this roster that really intrigues you. I got probably one guess who it's going to be, but nevertheless,
1: (laughs) go ahead and talk to him, A-Dub. Money Moon, baby! (laughs) <laughs> Got to throw him out there, Perez, you know, man, because the bank was open, baby. I'm very excited for him. I really think this kid, in my opinion, press, is a star in the making, man. Uh, we started to see him to get some things going these last couple of weeks. Uh, he's made some spectacular catches the last game. And I think that with him and Justin Fields, they can get something going together, man. So I'm looking forward to seeing that tandem continue to work and get better. It's a great point there because... What it looks like is it looks
0: like your boy Money Moon is becoming one of Fields' favorite targets. They're starting to get a nice little connection there, and I'm liking that. Darnell Mooney's in his second season. He's showing a lot of potential, man. I mean, he had a really promising rookie year, and he's starting to show some signs here now with Justin Fields starting to get up to speed that he's going to be a threat in this league.
1: Yeah, man. Like you say, a threat. We're talking about a threat in the deep ball, you know, and that's the key factor for this team, right? Those exciting, those big plays. And that's where Justin Fields and Money Moon can make some things happen for So the best is yet to come. And we still haven't even seen that part yet. And so that's
0: that gives me room of saying, wow, the best is yet to come, because we still haven't even seen the Fields to Mooney deep-bomb connection. We're starting to see a little bit of success between the two. I highlighted that 16-yard reception that Mooney had for the touchdown in the Pittsburgh game. That was a dime ball, great play. Mooney worked with his quarterback and worked himself open. Justin Fields just found him on a pretty ball. That's just one example there of how these two are starting to develop some of that chemistry. So that's going to be very important. So I love that call-out with Darnell Mooney. For me, Jalen Johnson is a guy that I give Ryan Pace a lot of credit for for drafting. So obviously, he was our second-round draft pick last year. And he's been one of the few bright spots on the defense, in my opinion. And this is the Second year in the league. He was thrust into the cornerback one spot when we released Kyle Fuller. Right. And I thought that he's definitely picked up where he left off last season. He's been solid out there. A lot of teams don't challenge him. They've been going after Kendall Vildor because they're probably looking at that like, why am I going to go after this kid over here that's solid? Let's go over here and pick on Vildor. Because Jalen Johnson has emerged, Vildor is the one that everybody's taking shots at and... and (laughs) Unluckily for us, they're winning by going after him. But to my point with Jalen Johnson, kid makes a lot of clutch plays. He breaks up a lot of passes. The one knock that people have on his game is, oh, he doesn't get picks. He doesn't get the turnovers. I mean, yeah, if you're nitpicking, that's true. But at the same time, I think this kid's got future lockdown corner written
1: all over him, A-Dub. You're right. He doesn't get challenged like the other guys on the team get. And that's one thing you look at him and say, hey, they know that that kid over there can ball. I mean, he's physical like you're saying you said in Perez. He don't give up nothing easy. So, yeah, he's going to be nice for us, man, if you continue to develop and grow as well. But so far, so good. I like liking what I'm seeing.
0: And as we've mentioned in the past, one of the biggest parts about his game that I like is the kid's got no fear. He's right. willing to take on the challenge of those top receivers. We talked about how he wanted that matchup going ahead against a uh, head up against Devontae Adams. He wanted the smoke. That's what you want to see in the number one corner. In this league, you can't be afraid of anybody out there. And I think we don't talk about this enough. Not just us, but other podcasters and also just Bears Twitter and Bears Nation as a whole. The influence that Kyle Fuller had on Jalen Johnson in that one season where they played together. You know that he probably soaked up a lot of Kyle Fuller's knowledge, and you can just tell that this kid was ready to ascend.
1: Yes, sir. Perez, I'm glad you brought that, because I think he learned a lot from Kyle Fuller. And now he's holding his own ground, putting it all together. So, and you made a good point when you talk about not afraid to challenge himself of going against great wide receivers, man. That's what you want to see in a number one guy at a cornerback. So that's the one main thing I love about Jalen Johnson. And <laughs> the only thing now we got to do is find another corner that can play
0: opposite of him. And I'm not trying to take shots at Vildor, <laughs> but Vildor was put in an unfair position because going into this season, none of us thought Kendall Vildor was going to be the number two corner. They signed Trufant. Trufant couldn't stay healthy, but his father passed. So there was a lot right. going on there. So. Vildor was thrust into a spot that a lot of us didn't think was going to happen for him. But I would love to see what happens with this defense when Jalen Johnson is paired with a corner that's quality.
1: Oh, yeah, man. That'll look very dangerous on defense once that occurs. One more guy
0: that I want to get your thoughts on, Adel, before we move further into the show, Cole Komet. Now, there was a lot of talk with the fan base when he was drafted. A lot of people were saying, oh, man, the Bears, they reached We shouldn't have got Cole. We didn't need Cole. Why we draft Cole, right? And in the summer, people are saying, oh, Cole doesn't get any separation. He doesn't get open. As of late, Cole is really starting to emerge. He's starting to heat up. dub. And I'm also liking the fact that he and Justin Fields also are starting to get a nice little chemistry
1: with one another. He has been doing very good lately with um, Justin Fields. The other thing about his game, not only the catches, for us, but he's getting some good blocks, playing a pivotal role, you know, in the pass protection. He's doing that and also getting out there and getting open. So you're starting to see that thing starting to open up for him. He's making some big catches, some tough catches, man. And I'm telling you, he's getting downfield. So salute to commit for being a big part of the offense going forward. And that hookup up with him and Justin Fields is only going to get better.
0: And I hope that they build off of that performance because what we saw on Monday night with Cole Commit hitting the seams of the defense, that is what I envisioned when we drafted him because that is the player that I saw at Notre Dame. Everybody knows I'm a diehard Notre Dame fan. That was the thing that I saw in Brian Kelly's office and how Cole Commit was making plays there at Notre Dame. And so we're starting to see that here in this Bears offense here in the NFL. Now, I have to give Cole a little bit of a pushback here, though. He's had some drops. He's dropped some some key passes. So he's going to have to clean that part of his game up. But like I said, I feel like he's definitely turned himself into a really good threat in his offense, especially working in the middle of the
1: field. And to the point that you made earlier, that blocking has definitely improved a great deal. It has come in handy when we talk about protecting Justin Fields. And that's something that we'd like to see going forward. Continue doing that. You know what? I lied All this. I got one more for y'all, just because, you know, I'm feeling <laughs> generous. Khalil <Cleo laughs> Herbert. A-Dub, talk to him. Khalil Herbert, man, this guy was pretty much supposed to be our third-stream running back, right? Third-stream. All of a sudden, some injuries occurred, and all of a sudden, we have this rookie running back now leading the charge, man. And the thing is, he has not disappointed. He came in when Montgomery got hurt and has been carrying the load the past couple of weeks until Montgomery came back. I'll tell you one thing. I am excited to watch this kid continue to get the opportunity to get snaps, man, because he's actually shown us a whole lot that he's able to carry the load, wants to give it that opportunity. So salute to Khalil Herbert, man. The kid can play.
0: Now this kid, he's a monster, man. I love him. I love that tenacity. I love the way he runs the football. This is going to be one of the better one-two running back combos in the NFL. Listeners, we need to re-sign David Montgomery at all costs. This guy, David Montgomery, is the centerpiece of this offense, and Khalil Herbert is going to be the perfect complement. So that way, David Montgomery isn't wearing down. But I want to just give him a quick little shout out because as a six-round draft pick, that just kind of shows you again how Ryan Pace has been working his magic there in some of those later rounds, bro.
1: Yes, sir. He was kind of like thrown into the fire and he has not disappointed us at all. No, he was ready, man. He was ready. Yep. He had, he had no issues there. <laughs>
0: but I want to take the time here, a to discuss with you some of my areas of concern with this team from the first nine weeks of the season. The first thing that I just want to talk to you about is that defense. We know that this Bears team, when you think about the Bears, they've always, always, always lent with the defense. That's correct. And to me, some of the most frustrating times here recently during the nagy mitchell Trubisky era was the fact that our defense was so dominant, but we couldn't get things going on offense, and we really missed an opportunity there in 2018 with a team that was 12-4 and to make some noise in the playoffs. It was just such a wasted opportunity because that defense was playing at, like, an all-time level. Right. And as we know, in the NFL, there's always going to be an expiration date on Super Bowl windows. And for me personally, that was a team right there that was built to contend defensively. Offensively, no, not so much. But now, look at the 2021 season, A-Dub, and now we've got a defense that's aging. We have some issues there in the secondary. We've had some injuries there on the defensive line. Mack has missed some games. So when you look at this now on defense,
1: it's a bit of a hodgepodge of just what the hell we have right now. A lot of those things, like you say, on the defensive line and having guys out, key players on the defensive line, that actually hurts. And then it puts more pressure on that secondary, right, that you just mentioned about we have some concerns with, right? and Now you have Jalen Johnson doing this thing that you talked about earlier, and then you got the other side, the Duke Shelley, and then you have Vildore, and then you also have our you know our safeties, right? That have not looked great. So really, I'm with you, Perez. That secondary has not looked so great this season, and um, that's a, that's a, is a concern to have going forward.
0: Yeah, and, and one of those said safeties, Eddie Jackson. He missed the last game with his hamstring injury. So that's someone that I'm hoping can rest up here during the bye week and is able to get back out there against the Ravens because if we want to have a chance to contain Lamar Jackson, you need an athletic guy like Eddie Jackson out there
1: baiting baiting Lamar Jackson and being able to pretty much chase after him because Lamar Jackson's a freak of an athlete. And I think Eddie Jackson is a guy that has potential of doing that, right? And then you throw on top of the fact that it would be great to have Khalil Mack, too, right? So getting both of them back would be a plus for this team here defensively. Back to
0: the concerns that I have for this defense, A-Dub, and it's really just predicated upon the fact that we got key starters on this defense that are getting older. Khalil Mack, Hakeem Hicks, right? Yes. You got guys like that, man. That's the heart and soul, the bread and butter of this defense. These guys are starting to get a little older. And now we got a new defensive coordinator that's tasked with trying to get this defense back to prominence. This is the first time that he's been a coordinator in the NFL, so there's growing pains with that. Now, while I've seen some things about the side that I like as far as the fact that he makes good he makes good adjustments, he mixes up his coverages, he tries to make sure that he's giving people various looks. I do like that. Right, however, right. I just don't like how easily the Pittsburgh Steelers drove down the field and hit that game when a field goal. That's an area right there that I hope to Doc, after he's rested up a little bit after this bye week, I hope he gets back in the lab and tries to figure
1: out what they could do in those key moments to get those teams' the offenses off the field. That's a good example right there to just mention. Another prime example is when win we against the Packers. We came down and scored, and guess what? They came right back down and scored on us as well. So you're right. We got to sustain that momentum moving forward, and it starts with our defense.
0: Damn good point. The last area of concern that I have, and this is not going to be a surprise to any listener of this podcast, it's going to be one Matthew bu Nagy, (laughs) We knew that they weren't going to fire this guy midseason because that's not how the Bears roll. But I still, in my mind, A-Dub, think that this guy loses his job at the end of this season. Think about the way that he handled this Justin Fields situation. Didn't give the kid reps with the ones I've been on his ass about that all offseason, during the season. It was dumb. Whether you were going to go with Dalton or not to start the season, which I didn't have a problem with. The fact that you didn't give this kid any reps with the ones is the reason why Fields and a Rob have no chemistry. It's the reason why a Rob looks lost in the offense and why we're celebrating a Rob getting four catches against Pittsburgh. a Rob's a number one. We shouldn't even be celebrating that. a Rob should be getting the ball early and often, but that's not happening because
1: these two don't have that type of chemistry, and you have to put that squarely on Matthew Nagy. No, you're totally correct right there, Press. That is on coaching. You know, from the start, he wasn't looking to have Justin Fields start the season or play the season. You remember what he was saying? Eddie he is our guy, right? And has came back to bite you in the butt because you had a good point, Chris. You're not playing with the ones. Then how are you going to get that chemistry there? That takes time, man. You can't just not have the chemistry go there right away in the season. That's something you work on in the offseason. That's something you work on in practice. That does take a lot of time, man. And let's not forget about the fact that Justin Fields was Matt
0: Nagy's hand-picked quarterback. This was the guy that he saw and said, no, this is my quarterback. This is my guy. When I look at Nagy, and I've been saying this since we drafted him, A-Dub, I always worried about Matt Nagy developing this quarterback because we saw what he did with the last quarterback. And I said, this guy don't deserve to have another quarterback to develop. It's not just the disappointment of seeing how the offense performed this first part of the season, but it's also just telling to see that when Matt Nagy was calling the plays, the shit was god awful. And it took Bill Lazor to step in to
1: make the offense improve and move a little bit better. To your point, Bress, it took Bill Lazer to step in again and fix some things. So we're seeing it happen again this season, which is, to your point, very concerning.
0: And as I've always said here on this show, this offense has gotten worse over his four years as head coach. They brought him in here to improve this offense. When they hired him as head coach, they had the idea of, Ooh, the NFL, these progressive offenses. We want to have a big-time offense here in Chicago, and we have not seen it.
1: What you find out, really, is people figure you out. Other coaches figure you out what your tendencies are and what you do. It has been checkmate on Matt Nagy. The last point
0: that I want to kind of pick on him about, I think he keeps the locker room together well. That's one of the things that I always give him credit about. But now on the field... There's a lot of things that I see that I feel like this team is very undisciplined, whether it's some of the things that we've seen in the past with guys punching and and getting ejected out of games for just doing nonsense, right? That type of shit. That's the indictment of the culture of your franchise. We see some of the stuff with Jalen Johnson, maybe being late a little bit here and there to practice. And we've seen the situation with Eddie Jackson taking shots at a Bears legend and Lance Briggs, just a lot of things like that that we shouldn't be seeing. A lot of that stuff shouldn't even get out of the building. So that just kind of shows you that there's some things going on at Halas Hall that they need to tighten up. The fucking penalties, bro. There's been so oh. many silly penalties this season. A lot of that, though, when you look at it, is your head
1: coach. You don't see the New England Patriots performing like that. Bill Belichick doesn't put up with that type of shit. Not at all. It's been too much of that going on. Taunting, going on the field, press. We got guys just doing elementary things, things they didn't want really to do out of character, like you know the off size. It's like this is just too much. Like you said before, Press, this, this is what we're talking about: discipline. Our team defensively at times is not disciplined, and it comes back to vitamins.
0: Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? Now you can when you bet any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sport Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on either team to score and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambler problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now, back to the show. Audience, we're going to revisit some of our bold predictions that we made prior to the season. The first one we made was around your boy Money Moon, A-Dub. And <laughs> my prediction was that Money Moon was going to have 10 touchdowns this season. So right now, he's got three touchdowns, two receiving, one rushing. So. Right. I think, you know, with the number of games that they have and with the fact that him and Justin have a nice little connection going, I think that's doable, so we'll see. But your bold prediction was that Money Moon was going to go to the Pro Bowl this season. How you feeling about that prediction now, bro?
1: I'm not feeling a whole lot better, Braz, but I don't feel good, right? It's like kind of started too late, you know what I'm saying? I- I- I'm saying some good things from our last couple of games when it comes down to Money Moon, but the things I want to see more, right? And is there's enough time to do that? We have what about eight more games left? Can you do a lot more to make up some ground for the early season woes that we had on offense? If you can do that, Perez. Maybe we may have a shot, but that's a stretch right now.
0: No, nah, that's definitely a stretch. When you look at some of those receivers <laughs> in the NFC, man, his yeah. numbers don't even come close. But I would say this, man, I still take Darnell Mooney any day of the week. But Pro Bowl, I would love to see it, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, but hey, it ain't looking good. Yeah, but they—they they, that's why they call it bold predictions. That's why they call it bold predictions.
1: Exactly. I, I want the smoke on that one, friends. I did all of it. <laughs>
0: yeah, but you know, it might be you might be up and smoke on that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we also made a
0: miscellaneous player prediction for the upcoming season here, and so that miscellaneous player prediction, aw, you had David Montgomery rushing for fifteen hundred yards this season. So right now he's got three hundred and seventy-two yards. What are we thinking these last eight games,
1: man? You thinking that he's going to run off 1,100 yards or so? Well, I will say this. We're playing against the right teams. I don't think these teams that we're going against are the best defensive teams. We already faced pretty much the both of those guys already. We might have a shot, Chris. I know he missed some games. That kind of was a setback as far as yards goes for him, but maybe he got a chance, Chris, in these next eight games. I think he has a shot.
0: This is the thing, man. Those games that he missed didn't do him any favors, and I also think that down the stretch, I think you're going to see Khalil Herbert get a few more carries as well. I think Debo is going to go over a 1,000 yards for sure. The Mm 1,500, I'm not sure about it. If he didn't miss those games and the emergence of Khalil Herbert, I think those are the things that are going to work against him as far as getting that type of yardage. But I think he'll put up another 1,000-yard rushing season, though.
1: Yeah, that's doable right there for the 1,000 yards. The 1,500 is a stretch. (laughs) You and I on the same page.
0: And then the last predictions that we made, and it mostly was just centered around what our predictions would be for the 2021 season record-wise. So you, you said the Bears will win 11 games this season. Well, we're three and six. Hey, Doug.
1: (laughs) 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 Hey, man, look, I was very, very hopeful. Here's why, Perez. I really rely heavily on our defense to be able to carry us, Perez. And we saw right now that has not occurred, what it has looked like. And I just don't see 11 and six. I don't see it occurring right now. Um, It's going to be tough to do that. We got to go undefeated the rest of the way, right? <laughs> to do that.
0: Yeah, with well, some of those teams that we got on, on that on that schedule, I don't see that happening. Now, I would say this, audience: I went a little bit more conservative with my prediction. I said we were going to go nine and eight, and even in my nine and eight prediction, I'm kind of looking at it right now, and I'm like, okay, with these eight games that are left on the season, I'm like, where are we getting the six wins? So right. that's going to be really interesting to see. So I think both of our predictions right now are not looking the best, to be honest.
1: At least yours looking more doable than mine, right? You were yeah. make a bet, make a bet right now. You're like, hold on, mine's look more promising than that, eleven, 11 and six. So yeah, I, I think we got a shot at, at, at nine and eight, man. I think we got a shot.
0: Yeah, yeah, yours is that. That was a fucking <laughs> that is that is a stretch. If I haven't seen a stretch,
1: <laughs> I know, right, man.
0: So, Aiden, before we get into giving out our midseason awards, what was your best moment of the first half for the team this year? My
1: best moment came against the Bengals. I thought that Roquan Smith, that mm. interception press, that mm. led to a touchdown, baby. To me, I said, man, perfect timing. We needed too. because we was only up, what, 10-3? And it looks like they were trying to go down. The Bengals trying to go down and try to score, right? They were looking in at yep. attack mode. And we yep. actually say, you know what? Let's kill all that momentum right now. Let's kill all that. 33, <laughs> interception. Roquan Smith on his way to the house, baby. Touchdown.
0: Yeah, that was a dope one, man. That was a dope one. That was a fun time, too. That was a real fun time. (laughs) Yes, it was. I got to say, for me, the best moment for the first half, it's a selfish best moment because you and I were down in Vegas watching the Bears play against the Raiders. And I just love the energy of being there, seeing all those Bears fans, us talking and meeting all those various Bears fans, and then seeing us take over not only that stadium, but taking over that strip and the Bears getting it done there in Vegas. So for me, that was my best moment of the season. That was such a good memory. And that's one of the things that I'm going to be really probably thinking about all offseason, is just how good of a
1: time we had and meeting followers and meeting friends and meeting Bears fans. Man, that was awesome, man. I'm with you there. I mean, just seeing, like you said, the people, us and how we were interacting with them, it was just great, man. Great Chicago takeover. We took care of business, got the win, and we had some fun together and also with the fans. All right, A-Dub, let's give out some mid-season awards here. Offensive MVP, what you got for me? To me, Justin Fields. thought the guy, yeah. the kid, has actually shown a lot of you know, growth, and he has been making some big plays in these last couple of games. All right, I can see that. Now, I would say
0: stats don't always tell the story, which is why I personally don't lead with them. So if you look at Justin Fields' stats on paper, a lot of people will say, well, ugh, like he's thrown eight picks, and, you know, the passing yards aren't sexy. But I'd say... Look at the tape, people. You see the yes. progression. You see the development. And we're seeing the science. I'm not mad at that pick because Justin Fields is definitely showing us that he's going to be that deal. He's their real fucking deal, man. Yeah, and the thing is, I'll add to that, press key moments. He has stepped his game up in key moments. All right, my offensive MVP is going to go to Kyro Santos. <laughs> I feel so bad for him that his streak ended while they tried him out there for that 65-yard field goal at the end of that game. And, and A-Dub, man, if T.J. Watt didn't tip that pass down at the line of scrimmage and we could have got a little bit closer, yeah. the way that, that Cairo hit that ball, that ball was clearly going to be a good field goal. He just didn't have enough leg and distance on it. I
1: think if they would have got him about 10 yards closer, I think he would have hit that shit. Oh, yeah, it looked like it, right? It was on target at that, Francis, right down the middle. Just want enough leg on it. We got a few more extra yards. He didn't make that bad.
0: But aside from that, with his streak being halted, this guy has alleviated all the concerns that we had about the kicking position. We had so much fucking concern about that position before he got there and locked that position down. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, where would we be without Cairo Santos? This guy, when you get that ball into his range, you just consider that shit just
1: good as gold. It's going in. The thing is, I do feel bad that he got to start the streak over again. That's tough. Yeah, but I gave him my offensive MVP
0: just because he's been the most reliable scoring weapon that we've had on this offense. And I would say not even this season, but the last couple of seasons, A-Dub. Facts. He has been, friends. He's been lights out. Big time Santos. Yes, sir. All right. Defensive MVP for me, A-Dub, I'm giving it to my boy Roquan Smith. We talked about some of the young talent on this team that we're feel- we're feeling really good about. I didn't even mention Roquan's name because, audience, that should have just been assumed. Roquan Smith is that deal. All-pro Quan, right? He's on track for another all-pro, Pro Bowl-type season in the NFL. Better not snub him this time around because all this guy's doing is going out there week in and week out and making it happen. He is one of the best off-the-ball linebackers in this
1: whole entire NFL, A-Dub. I got no issues with that at all, whatsoever. Roquan has been consistent, friends. Seeing what he's doing, you know, in, in the run game, defensively stopping those runs, getting out there putting on sacks now, getting in the services that we talked about earlier. Man, Roquan has been the real deal. I am happy for this guy, and I hope he gets his money.
0: Pay him. I heard some people on Twitter saying, should the Bears pay? Should the Bears pay Roquan Smith twenty million this season? Damn right you better pay him that money. Pay him that shit. Don't think twice about it. That is a cornerstone on his defense for many years to come. Got to give it to him. All right, Doug. Who's your defensive Swiss Army knife? So who's your utility gown on defense? You know what? I actually
1: went with Travis Gibson. This is a guy that I know Why we had cat holes for. He hasn't been quite that. But you know what? He still has been solid Chris, He has came in, gave some good snaps, been there, able to get to the backfield, let to make some good stops,
0: now I will say this, because AW, you know how high I was on Travis Gibson coming into this season. My yes. bold prediction that I forgot to even tell the audience about earlier was that I said that Travis Gibson was going to have 10 sacks this season. Well, he's shredding right now, he's got two sacks, but he's showing you that potential. He's showing you the improved pass rusher skills. The kids got to line up correctly because he got he was off in <laughs> the last game. Yeah. However, he's got a shit ton of potential, bro. So I think that was a great, great selection right there. For me, I'm going to go with DeAndre Houston Carson. I've been raving about this kid all season, and not just this season. I've given him kudos last season as well, because all this guy does is make things happen. He plays hard, and he always seems to put himself in position to make plays. And think about the words of Chris Tabor when he said that DeAndre Houston Carson is the straw that stirs the drink.
1: Yeah, I like that right there, Perez. I love that. The thing is, he is coming in, man. And we have not lost a beat, really, with him. It's like, hey, salute to him, man. He's giving us a big lift out there. All right, who's your offensive Swiss Army Knife? I went with Herbert, because I know he's not the quite starter. You know it's Montgomery. And this guy went from third string to actually playing first, right, for a while. And right now, he's back in backup. But I think this guy, really, we didn't lose a beat with him at all, Press. I thought the guy carried a load. We talked about him already. I'm just happy for him, man. It's great things we're going to have with him in Montgomery going forward, as you already mentioned. So salute to him,
0: and the fact too, that beginning and earlier in the season, he was our kickoff returner. So that definitely, yeah, that definitely points to the fact of him being that utility guy because he was getting the kickoff return yards. He was getting some carries there early in the season. And to your point, when he was in that number one spot, hey, there was no drop off. So shout out to Khalil Herbert. Mine is Larry Borum. So he's appeared in the last two games. And he briefly appeared in the first game of the season against the Rams, but he got hurt. But, audience, I'm so high on this kid because I finally got a chance to take a look at the tape for the last game against the Steelers. And I know I talked to you guys about the fact that in that game, he only gave up the sack and the one pressure. But looking at him on tape going head up with T.J. Watt was a thing of beauty, man. That kid didn't have a lot of help on that side of the field when he was going up against him, and he was holding his own. He is very impressive. And I'm telling you, man, when Tevin Jenkins finally gets back in this lineup, whether it's later in the season or next season, as I mentioned in the last episode, I feel very confident about how we're looking at that tackle position. And if Tevin Jenkins can be anything like we think that he's going to be, we're going to be in good hands on the outside.
1: Oh, yeah. That means better yards for us. And hey, you know, we see more highlights with Money Moon and a rop But I like your point you mentioned with Borough, man. The kid is showing us a lot of good signs. And you talked about this last episode about the sack that was given up. That wasn't even his fault, though. You can see this kid can really hold his own against some of the pass rushes out there. So if Borough can stay healthy,
0: I think that's going to be the key for him. But the same thing can be said about Tevin Jenkins. So we'll see there. That was my uh, offensive Swiss Army knife. Before we get out of here, I'm just going to give a quick thought about the second half of this season. We all went into this season not expecting the Bears to be any sort of a Super Bowl contender. I feel like the focus needs to be on development down the stretch. Now, obviously, we should be trying to push to get into the playoffs. But I think it's going to be really key to get Justin Fields up to speed with his weapons on offense and getting his defense back on track, A-Dub. Because when you look at these remaining games on the schedule, the Ravens, the Cardinals, the Packers, the Seahawks, two against the Vikings, those are some big time opponents that we got that we're going to be playing against. And I don't know, man. If we want to make a, a late season surge like we did last year, it's going to take a lot of improvements on both
1: sides of the football. A lot of improvements on both sides of the football. And we're going to need both sides playing a complete game, all of these games going forward, because these other teams you mentioned right there, press they need some offensive juggernauts. So we're going to have to really uh, step our game up and play. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm here for all the smoke, audience. A-Dub and I, we're
0: going to enjoy not having the pod for a couple days after this one. A-Dub, what you going to do during your bye week, man?
1: You know, I'm going to try to watch a lot of games and catch up on some basketball games at the same time, Perez. So it's going to still be, you know, myself and you looking at games, man, (laughs) whether it's football or basketball.
0: I'm going to be the same with you, man, watching the Bulls, watching the Windy City Bulls, and definitely making sure that my picks that I gave out on the winner's circle, making sure them damn things hit. So we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, sir, man. Good luck to us. Audience. We owe y'all some trivia questions. So the first one, who was my week nine defensive game bar recipient? And then the bonus question, where did this person begin their NFL career? So I'll repeat, who was my week nine defensive game bar recipient? And then where did this person begin their NFL career? Some quick standings for the contest. In first place, we got Michael. Second place, Heidi third place, Aaron, fourth place, Jacob, and fifth place, Crystal. So those are are the standings here at this point in the season. So we got a little bit more than two weeks left in this contest. Anything can happen. You know, we always throw a little wrench in these contests. So I would keep your eyes open and you keep your ears open as well, because you never know where these questions may pop up. Good luck, contestants. All right, A-Dub. Well, listen, man. Enjoy your time here, audience. We're going to holler at y'all next Wednesday, and we are out.
1: Thanks for listening to the Barry Stinch's podcast. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. We appreciate your continued support of our show. Bears Nation, come down with us.